This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalised attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I-, I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, abs. keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Do you import and export goods in and out of the UK? If so, then look no further for all your logistics and freight forwarding needs than Lila International Logistics, owned and run by West Ham fans. Lila, that's L-I-L-A, International Logistics, provides businesses with affordable import and export rates for sending and receiving products anywhere around the world, whether it be by air freight, sea freight, courier or road freight. Lila provide a bespoke service for shipments so you ain't being passed between departments and you have a direct contact at all times 24-7 for shipments. Check out their website at www.lilalogistics.co.uk for more info. You're listening to the West Amway Podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Hamway Podcast with myself Dave Walker and XWHU employee. We've got another win to talk about against the team in crisis Everton. We talk about the game, a big night on Thursday and an eyebrow raising turn of events in the Predictions League before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. X, another three points, and it's a win that tops off a really good day, starting with the pre-match event. 
Yeah, mate, great event. I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get from Jimmy Walker. Anyone that listens to <laughs> our podcast with him um, and the one we did um, before he was a regular with us will know what a funny, funny man he is. So we knew exactly what we were getting and obviously throw Rufus into the equation, who's also a funny fellow and, and a nice chap too. We knew we were going to get a great event today and um, we really did. And it's a shame anyone that was 50-50 whether to go or not and, went and didn't come, I, I believe you missed out. And I'm not just saying that biased today. They were great, really, really good, and a really nice atmosphere. Um, I thought today before the game, definitely. Oh, mate, honestly, I was talking to patrons today, and I was saying, because they was asking me about the event in general, and I said, you know what? I said, this is so good because West Ham are, are, are brilliant, like the good times are back. And you couple that with a really good, enjoyable event. People have a great day because I remember mm. the days, X, and I'm sure you do, mm. where West Ham was shit. But yeah. people were saying, do you know what? West Ham is shit, shit game, shit performance, shit result. But we had a great day because of the event. Now mm. we're having a great event with some great results. And it's just it's just win-win. And it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And the highlight for me, I think, from this event today, because they're great pals, aren't they, Jimmy and Rufus? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that comes across. And he's and Rufus is such a lovely fella, like such a likeable man, and, and as is mm. Jimmy, as we know. But the highlight for me, without a doubt, was watching Rufus Vince, as Jimmy uh, told the story of uh, the vulture and what that meant. <laughs> uh, mate, I'm so glad to actually know what that means because yeah. a, a couple of times we've asked Jimmy and, and Rufus and they've always palmed it off as Rufus tried to do with it being something to do with eating a lot of food or something ridiculous like that. I'm glad that we actually know exactly what the vulture is now and, and I can see why he got that tag too. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a great story and, and Jimmy's just made for those occasions isn't he? He's just such oh, a yeah. you know, like, obviously I walked both um Rufus and Jimmy into the event because I'm mm. I'm at the door while well, you're doing the music. And so when they come, I walk them in and you know Rufus Rufus to be fair turned up before anyone else did. So yeah, he did. let's do it with that. We had a good chat with him before, but Jimmy walked in about maybe you know as, as most of the um, attendees were in and i was talking to him outside for a little bit i said anyway mate we better we better get in rufus is already in blah 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 and as he's walking in he's like literally going up to people you're right you're right hey, he was loving it he's he? loving it working the crowd like a proper <laughs> a proper entertainer and stuff and uh yeah he's, he's born to do things like that he's such a funny yeah. and charismatic guy and, and as i said rufus is a, is a top top bloke as well as a, a great combination and i think you couldn't help but feel happy vibes in that room today yes, like, because, yes. like you said West Ham doing well is obviously a big factor but those two create that kind of ambience when they when you're with when you're with them yeah a hundred percent and the really funny thing was like when Jimmy first like came backstage he said how far can I take this he said because you know you know what he's like he said I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a right crack with Rufus here he said how far can I go with it I said fuck me Jim I said you can go as far as you want mate yeah. he said right so I might I might I might go with a vulture story I said mate you've got to go with it I said people will, will fucking love it and I said I said to him I said you know what Jim I said I, I don't even know what the story is I said but if you can throw the toaster in there as a Brucey bonus that'd be brilliant because <laughs> yeah. there is the story of in inverted commas the toaster and no one knows what it means well mate and, I put them in the questions I put that and I put um the other one, what was the other one? It was the toaster, the vulture, and there was one more. Can't right. remember. I put, I put all three of them in the questions. Well, the vulture story was brilliant, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 bearing in mind, Jimmy's already saying, how far can I go with this, right? He's told the vulture story. I'd love to know the toaster story because he actually then said, 
oh no, I can't go there. I can't tell the toaster story. So what the fuck is that story? God no, knows. Mate. <laughs> God that's, only knows. No, exactly. God that's gonna be knows. that's gonna be even worse. I'd imagine. <laughs> it, 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 it was one, the worst one out of the three, though. Apparently, and I did put it in the question because I mean, uh, Woody doesn't usually give me the credit, but today for some reason he kept saying how I write the questions. Yeah, he did. He did <laughs> Must yeah. have said that about four times today. Yeah. I don't know why he wanted yeah. me to take the credit for these ones or not. But um, no, normally the, um, he says X writes the questions if there's a question coming up that he thinks is either shit or won't go down well. Yeah, he? exactly. He, he likes yeah. to throw you under a bus. He does. The amount, of, yeah, the amount of times he does, he rarely, rarely mentions I do the question. If there's a question that doesn't go very well, go, I'll x wrote these questions. And I'm like, fucking hell, what are they? He does. And, uh, he does. He always does that. But yeah. he said it about four times today. So in the questions, I've, just, I've literally just read them. I've just read um, what the WhatsApp I sent Wardy with the, with the questions in. And the question actually says, um, uh, many fans listening to David X's podcast with Rufus, and they still want answers. Why was he called the Vulcan? Tell us about the single beds at Watford away and about the toaster. And apparently, out of three of those stories, the single bed at Watford away is, is the most horrific one. Oh, fucking hell. I mean, I saw his yeah. reaction to the toaster. So if he can't tell that story, how bad's the Yeah, well, this now? is what I mean. I mean, wow. my, my imagination is running wild with what these could be. I mean, the oh, toaster, there's a few scenarios going through my head, but I don't know if I'm almost like <laughs> over and imagining it because I know how, how what the vulture story is now, whether it's actually legitimate. Like, Mate, like, do you know what? I get the impression that, no matter how severe your imagination is, it's worse than that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's the yeah. I get. probably. Um, but you know what? Seeing them both on stage, and they do bounce off each other, mm. but seeing Rufus just so visibly uncomfortable with where <laughs> this is going to go with Jimmy kind of reminded me a little bit about you and Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's literally a visual representation yeah. of our podcast with him. Well, well, speaking of which, I went and saw Mad before the game today, which does does prove to people that I do actually get on with him, despite what people think. And it was funny. Like, oh I went yeah, and spoke, yeah. I went and spoke to him, and uh, you know, he gave me a big hug um, when I saw him and stuff. And, um, and he actually, the first thing he said to me today was like he'd been doing the lounges and stuff. And obviously, I went and saw him at about maybe one fifteen, something like that. So he, he was still doing the lounges at the time. And um, he said to me, my God, I've just been spoken to by about five people about the podcast. And he said, and I reckon out of uh, out of those five, four of them have asked me what my issue is with you. And I was like, really? Yeah. He was like, and he was like, do you get that a lot? And I said, mate, I get it all the time. People say to me, what's Mad Dog's issue? Really? He went, really? And he, looked, <laughs> and, he looked, and he looked really guilty about it. And he said, do you get upset by that? And I said, well, I said, I said not really. I said, Occasionally, you can get quite close to the mark. But I said, no, you like, said that as a team is rolled down your cheek. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's right. So I was like shaking as well in sort of trauma. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, he, and he kind of said, um, he just said, uh, yeah, and he was like cracking up about it and stuff and just saying that he's like, you know, maybe I'll have to say one day I do actually like you. And I said, well, what do you say to the people up, upstairs that say it then? <laughs> and, uh, and he just started like, this cheeky chuckle to himself. And, uh, and now I want to know what that means as well. So, <laughs> oh, you know, so, so I think he's probably playing on it to them saying, no, he's a bit of a, twat so for all those people <laughs> that are out there listening i'd like to think that martin doesn't actually think that of me though he better yeah. not do seeing as i've spent so much bloody time with him over the <laughs> over the years and stuff like so um, so yeah no he's uh, it's all it's all fun and games for uh for for entertainment value isn't it yeah it really is mate and, and honestly today for those that were there and uh, you know 
I don't think we should retell the vulture story because, quite no, honestly, I think no. it's a benefit to those that were there. I made yeah. them to be there, and That's it's right. you know, and it and it belongs to them. So and it's going in his book as well. So it's, it's exactly, yeah, yeah, to Rufus is fucking horror. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, funny if you're Rufus Brevet, you're shitting yourself. At yeah, like, well, I want to. I want to know like what Rufus's sort of marital status is. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a lot better now than it will be after the fucking book comes out. I was going to say because he needs to start having some serious like. <laughs> <laughs> brownie point attaining before this book comes out <laughs> yeah yeah he really does he really does but you know what honestly it was a brilliant atmosphere today and it was great speaking to so many patrons and on the subject to jimmy i mean x i mean we've been absolutely flooded with messages asking us what's going on with jimmy's podcast so yeah um like we spoke to jimmy and i can assure you that he still wants to do it we still want him to do it but sometimes life can get in the way. It's as simple as that. And these days, Jimmy is a busy fella. So we will try and give you the show on a weekly basis, but there is a chance it will have to be as and when. And I mean, even Jimmy, he texted me this afternoon and he said, fucking hell, like the amount of people that came up to me today and referenced the podcast and where is it? And they love it and all that. I mean, it just goes to show how popular the show is. And it is, it's uh, brilliant. As is Mad Dogs and, and mm. uh, hopefully some of the other features we do. But um, it's not going anywhere. To our knowledge, the club haven't put a, a, a block on a it. Shot horror. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I can only think they don't know about it, to be honest. Yeah, but um, but they, they haven't made an issue out of it. So we're all good. There's no issue. It's just literally circumstantial. So, uh, um, and also it's important to know as well, I think we should tell patrons this, that next week, me and X are actually on holiday. Not together, for once, <laughs> with our respective families, but we're both on holiday. So it's business as usual in terms of what would be posted but we just don't have time to record with Jimmy, ironically. So we're doing the podcast tonight. We'll do Mad Dog in the morning and then the USA boys and, and Dan Woffenden, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, so just, just to put that out there in case you're yeah. The only other thing that we're not doing as well is the ex-player interview because we had uh, we yes, had an interview yes, booked, sorry. Um, booked for the Friday. Um, we had an interview booked with two players for the Friday and both of them let us down. One of them was waiting there, waiting for the link to be sent, even though I'd already sent the link. So I mm. don't know how that happened. And the other one, I don't know, just vanished, but then suddenly messaged me on the Friday night and said he, he's up for doing it um, next week. So we, we've got them both to do. But as, as Dave said, we're both on holiday. However, what we are going to do is at the event, so I didn't do as many today because I was just getting carried away with the event myself and enjoying it. But over the recent events, so I put Alvin Martins out. I'm pretty sure I put Tony Gales out. I think I put Devs out, but yeah. I haven't uploaded from memory, Marlon, Colton Cole, um, and Jimmy and Rufus's videos from um, from the event. So in substitution as an uh, for the extra time podcast, I'll upload some of these videos, and some of them are brilliant. I mean, they're like extra time shows anyway, because it's the next player talking about their time at West Ham. Obviously, you just have to accept that the audio quality. Probably won't be as good because it's me on my phone filming at the event, but it'll still be good enough for people to get the gist of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So listen, it will be a content-filled week, but just keep in mind that we are away next week. So uh, mm. if there's any questions you've got in relation to why certain things aren't there, there's your answer. It will make the team news slightly tricky for Thursday's game as well. Um, I'm still going to the game. I've heard, as per usual, shaped my uh, holiday <laughs> around, being back <laughs> in time to go to Leon. So I will be back at the game. But I'm actually flying in midday um, on the Thursday. Uh, so in, in, t in terms of asking around. And actually, whilst I've 
got every Europa League every Europa League team right this season. It's actually slightly harder to get Europa League games because firstly they come out earlier. They're like half hour released early, so you have less time to get them. And second of all, they're not it's not the same media involved in it. You know, obviously it's BT Sports and it's relying on foreign channels sometimes. Obviously this game's at home, so it's slightly trickier to get than Premier League games. But that said, I, I will ask and if I get it, I get it, I put it out. If I don't, I don't. But as listeners know, I'm not stressing about that so much now. I'm just doing it if I can do it. And let's be honest, I mean, I've only got, I haven't missed, I might have missed one game um, all year. And then I got one team wrong when I had it right anyway, but it was absolutely hammered due to you plowing me with Jaeger bombs in Manchester. <laughs> so, so, How dare you? <laughs> so one mistake and one team sheet not given in about four or five years. I'm sure I can be excused one or two here and there now. Yeah. It's nothing to do with sources vanishing. The, the trolls out there will love that, but it's nothing to do with it. Absolutely not. There's, if anything, as I always say, I've got more now than I ever have. So it's nothing to do with that. It's just priorities in life and wanting to enjoy football more. Yeah. No, I can back you up on that 100%. Right. Let's talk Everton. So mm. it was a game that we expected to win. I think we did win. Were you happy with the performance? Um, it's a tough one because I don't think we were at our best. I, I wouldn't say, you know, when I look back on the season highlights this year, I wouldn't say that game was in, in it. But that said, apart from, you know, them scoring, I don't remember them having many chances. I think we controlled the game. We should have probably been ahead by more, wasted a couple of opportunities. We were never really in danger apart from those last, you know, five minutes when it gets a bit nervy, when it's only a goal difference. Um, it wasn't our best performance, but at the end of the day, it was a professional performance. We got the result. This isn't the most important game of the week. It's important, but Thursday is more important. So we got the result. We got the three points. Happy days. I'm, ha- I'm a happy hammer. Now we move on to Thursday with hopefully no injuries or any knocks or anything. And let's go boom, full out for that. I, mate, I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, we wasn't at our best, but I don't think we was at our worst. And no. uh, Everton, to their credit, I mean... I mean, they are banging trouble at the moment. Yeah, they're poor, aren't they? Oh, poor fucking they, I, I actually don't think they were that bad. If you look from the midfield onwards, I don't think they were that bad. And it's interesting mm. because that backs up a conversation I had with Waldy's brother because we met Waldy's brother at the event today. He was there and obviously a massive Evertonian like Waldy is. And um, I was talking to him about it and, and part of me was rubbing it in a little bit, I'll be honest, but I was saying... <laughs> well, a little bit. You got on the microphone and said, going down, going down. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that might be an understatement. Fucking Waldy hates it as well. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, <laughs> prior to that, I was speaking to Waldy's, but and Waldy, both of the Wolves, and um, I was saying, you know, it's fucking incredible. Like, I can't believe Everton are in this situation. And the thing is, you look at the fact, and this is the most mind-blowing thing, they've spent half a billion pounds Mate, the stupid thing is, though, right, since Lampard's came in, I was saying this at the game, yeah, like, he signed a load of players in January, signed Deli Alley for almost £40 million, and he never he never plays him. Now, I don't want to get into the politics of Deli Alley because it's not for me to say, but if you do, if I if I knew this myself, that you wouldn't touch Deli Alley with a barge pole, regardless of how talented you think he is because of his off-the-field issues, if I know that... How does a Premier League manager not know that? I don't understand. And, you know, we always talk about Moyes 
Divering or whatever, but he does his due diligence on players. But mate, I, I honestly, I knew. I think I might have told you, or if I didn't, I certainly told other people. Deli Ali has massive off-field issues, which it was why he wasn't playing at Tottenham. He spent forty million on him for Everton, and he's not playing, and he's not performing to the standards because Deli Ali needs to sort some shit out in his life before he ever can be. So why would you spend forty million on him? And then you got the fact they signed that guy from Aston Villa, Al Kazi. They never play him. He he was on the bench they got Solomon Rondon you know I know he was there beforehand I don't think he was a Lampard signing but he's he never plays they got that guy from Manchester United um Van der Bleek whatever his name is he mm. hasn't really done much there they brought the mm. Scottish left back to replace Dinia I don't know what's happened to him like any signing the signings he made in January are terrible and it almost emphasises the point that Martin Allen says that maybe you don't just buy for the sake of buying you've got to buy correctly but yeah I think when you look at their team they're banging trouble and you know they, they don't look like they're going to bring a, a load of consistent results together and what usually happens in a relegation is that one team gets a win and then all of a sudden they go on a massive run and they can't be stopped so at the moment it doesn't look like it's Everton I mean it looks like it's a four team race between Norwich who are pretty much down I'd say Burnley Watford and Everton you know, I mean, you could possibly suck Leeds into it because Everton do have three games in hand on them and possibly Newcastle, but that's at a stretch. But I think I think Everton have got a real fight on their hands here. Oh, and they, they have, never been, mate. Never been relegated. Them, I think no. them and Arsenal have never been out of the top flight. No, no, I know. And I, like I say, I was speaking to Wally and, and, and his brother about this. And, and actually what he said, I felt, was quite evident from what we saw today. He said, do you know what? In midfield, we're not bad. We're not bad at all. We can create um, and, and we can do the job that we're supposed to do in midfield. And actually, I don't, generally speaking, he said, I don't think the fans are that unhappy with the midfield. Up front, obviously, Calvert-Lewin having the issues that he's had isn't ideal, but not the end of the world, not the biggest concern. He said, it's all on the defence. He said, they're fucking, they're a shambles. And that was the case today, I thought, because I think mm. looking at the game, you know... As we often do, we look, always look dangerous on the counter-attack. But we were fucking opening them up left, right and centre. I mean, mm. their defence looked all over the place. And they're obviously suffering with a lot of frustration at the moment. I mean, they had more fucking cards than Bruce Forsyth, didn't they, today? It was unreal. Mm. Um, mm. But fucking hell, we carved them open left, right and centre. And, and that's the problem, I think, for them, is that defensively, they, they can't stop shipping goals, especially if you look at the fixtures before us. They, they are literally leaking goals mm. left, right and centre. I mean, um, there was ter- there was terrible things defensively today. I mean, Awobi's pass for their for our second goal was you know straight oh. to four nails. Straight, I actually thought he was playing all right, but okay, like he gave the ball away like two or three big times like that. And then you got the centre back Keen that challenge. I mean, I'm going all the I haven't seen replays. I'm going on what I saw at the game, but the booking for the second. You know, he's on a yellow card. What are you doing lunging at a player like that on the yeah. edge of the of the box? If you don't pull that off you see we're going to be a world class tackle or you're going to get sent off you know it's just ridiculous and they got carved open Antonio spun their defenders so many times if only he could oh, have my. a bit more composure in front of goal mm-hmm. you know he spun, spun them constantly and I, I agree with what you and Wardy's um, 
when he's read the wards have said that I think defensively they look terrible and I, you know I, I can't make up my mind whether I want them to go down or not because obviously I've said it on this show before that half my family support Everton so I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for them in the sense that when I was a kid I was always kind of when we went to stay at my uncle's house we always had to be Everton on the computer games or Everton in the garden or Everton on Subutio or whatever so they had a bit of soft spot but on the flip side it'd be quite interesting to see a club of that size go down wouldn't it oh mate listen I've got nothing against Everton nothing against them at all but fucking hell would I love to see him go down mm. I would love to see him go down they've never been relegated um, and, I, and I'm just I think what you've just said I'm interested to see how they deal with it yeah. You know, to, 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 to go in the championship, to see what players they lose, see what players they recruit. Um, mm. I'd love to see that. I would absolutely love to see it. And, you know, the sad element of it is really is that it would be another massive name that would drop out the Premier League. I mean, there's yeah. so many when you look across the board in all divisions, really. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, can't no. imagine. I just can't imagine them not being in the Premier League. It's obviously throughout for all of our life they have been, and you know, particularly in the eighties, like when they were one of the best teams in the country. So it's a yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. A, it's a strange concept. Um, but yeah, I, I could see genuinely, and I'm sure all Evertonians are the same because they're not used to this situation. I think they might have been in trouble in the top flight. You know, at a, a, a well, there was that time, wasn't there? When it was all that dodgy. Like when they had them, um, was it match fixing? They against Wimbledon, wasn't it? I think when they stayed up on the last day of the season, and that's Tony right. Cotty was playing for them, and Sagers from Wimbledon had apparently taken a bribe or something. I mean, they were, the, they were a day or like they were a match away from getting relegated then. But yeah, I think other than that, I can't remember them really being in, the, in much trouble. Well, I can't. And when you spoke to Waldy today and his brother. You know, they was putting a brave face on it, but you could see that they were affected by this. And, and they even threw into the hat. And you imagine this is a fucking scenario. I didn't even realise this myself. He said, at some point soon, we're playing Liverpool. And he said, can you imagine if that's the game where they win the title and send us down? Oh, jeez. I mean, you oh, imagine that as a scenario. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's basically, I mean, we're not from the same place, but you know, it's basically like Tottenham winning the title to relegate West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking horrendous. So, so, so I've got to be honest. Um, like, we and Waldy was, <laughs> Waldy was in a horrible position today because obviously, you know, he is a, a, a well-known Everton fan, and he was at the event, and he was obviously putting on his West Ham hat, so to speak. Then he got interviewed at pitch side by Chris Skull, uh, where he was in front of not only West Ham fans but Everton fans as well, which was a little bit awkward in his West Ham gear and all that. Um, but given Everton's situation uh, and after the, the game today, I did send uh, Waldy a voice note because I thought, well, do you know what? They're obviously going through it and it wouldn't have been nice for him to see that today. <laughs> and um, this is what I sent him at full time anyway. <laughs> well he he must be absolutely fucking hating me and you because you you said that and without knowing that you'd said that what i said is i took a photo of him on the pitch at half time and it's a photo i sent you mate so you can picture the photo yeah and yeah and underneath i just wrote who the fuck is this twat on the pitch <laughs> so he's got that from you and that from me and he and he hasn't he hasn't replied to me so i don't know if he replied to 
DCE, did he? No, he didn't. He, he, <laughs> yeah. he listened to it. I've got the blue ticks. He's listened to it, but he yeah. never tried to. I've got the humor. I've got the blue ticks as well. So he's, <laughs> so he's absolutely raging at the both of us right now. <laughs> oh, mate, that is so funny. But do you know what? On a serious note, how good is Aaron Creswell at set pieces? Oh, yeah, brilliant, mate. I mean, uh, the funny thing is, I went with my mate, um, a good mate of mine, Nick. I think he told me today that his uh, father-in-law listens to the show. So big oh, shout-out. Wow. Yeah, I was really chuffed. Big shout-out to Terry. Um, he's a good man. So um, thank you for listening. And your, and your son-in-law's a legend. But, uh, yeah, he. I went with my mate. That I, I sort of have managed to almost turn into a West Ham fan. He grew up as a Derby fan, um, but obviously from Essex because his dad's a Derby fan, um, but always in a soft spot for West Ham that he married into a West Ham family and through them and through me, I think he's been converted now and he's been to quite a few games with me now. Um, he, uh, you know, I said to him, literally as he stepped up, he said to me, who do you think's going to, who do you think's going to be on this? I said, I'll be Cresswell, be left footed and he'll go for the top corner and literally boom, as he did it, he stored it and it was a brilliant free kick and, I think Aaron Cresswell is, as I've said before, and you've said it before as well, is actually criminally underrated as a West Ham mm. left-back. And when mm. I think about great left-backs, as I said to you before, you think Julian Dix, you think Frank Lampard Senior, they're the two sort of standout runaway ones. And when you go for other left-backs over the years, the only other one I can think that maybe compares is George McCartney, maybe in terms of like consistency and unsung hero and stuff. But I would say Aaron Cresswell um, is better than George McCartney. He's P. He's oh wow! Yeah, got more goals and set more up and stuff. So I think it's fair to say that you know, Aaron Cresswell is probably our third ever best, like best ever left back. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Well, Aaron Cresswell was voted man of the match by patrons. Do you agree with that? Um. I don't think I do actually. You know, having said he scored a good goal, I thought he played well. Don't get me wrong. I thought Fredericks was actually really good, surprisingly. I mean, mm. there's a couple of things that he, a couple of last-minute challenges that he made. I mean, one of them was actually given for offside in the end anyway when they rounded Fabianski, um, and, he, and he got back and won the ball. Uh, but there was about two or three incidents where he won the ball really, really well. I thought he played well. I thought Dawson, who got the man of the match at the ground, I don't know if that came out on Sky, but he was the man of the match at the ground. He played well. I thought Zuma, as per, I mean, Zuma, like... I mean, he was he was good before the cat incident, but I mean, dare I say it, the cat incident seems to have made him even more consistent now. Like he's just yeah. so solid, so good. Doesn't make a mistake really. So I would have, I, and I think Antonio played well. Yeah, his his final composure in front of goal can really frustrate at times, but he spun their centre backs continuously, and he held the ball up really well and. Keen, you know, Keen was just smacking into him every time, hence the red card. So I thought there was a number of players. I don't feel I would have given it to Chris. Actually, I don't usually disagree, but I think I think there was others that are probably slightly more deserving. Obviously, Cresswell scored a great goal, which helps him in the poll. But overall, ninety minutes. I'd have said there was a few others stronger. Who would you given it to? I voted in our poll Fredericks. Now, when I look at the percentages, they're not very high for Frederick. So maybe. Maybe I saw it slightly differently, but he he made considering he's our third choice right back. I thought he made a number of uh, good last minute tackles, um, and I thought he was really solid. I think for me it'd be between him, Zuma, and Antonio. I could have taken any one of those three, but I wouldn't have said I wouldn't have said um, uh, Cresswell personally. But you know, Cresswell didn't play bad. I thought he played well, 
but I think he's maybe winning it on the goal rather than overall performance, personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, for me, I'd have given it to Antonio, personally, mm. because I've got to a point with Mickey where I don't... I know it sounds crazy to say for a striker, but I don't judge him on goals as much anymore because mm. there's so much more to his game. And uh, like today was a prime example. It's Sky, I mean, you was at the game. I watched it on telly. They, they flashed up. They actually gave it to Antonio. Um, oh, did they? The, yeah, yeah, Sky did. Um, and they showed a graphic and it was, I, I don't know, it was everything like runs made, passes made, blah, 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 about five different things. And he was first in every single category. And it didn't surprise me because he, he, he just terrorised their defence. But when he does it, he... He always brings other players into play. Sometimes it's unintentional, like, for example, Bowen's goal. He was trying to score himself. But because of his sheer work rate and tenacity and pace and strength, he got himself in that position. Uh, He didn't score himself, but his effort led to Bowen tapping it in. And well, I, mate, I just, can I just can I get back on that? Sorry, when you say Bowen tapping in, essentially you're right. But I think that finish was a lot better than people realise it was because if he he if you look at it again, he lifted that ball, and if he hadn't have lifted it, the defender would have intercepted it. Oh yeah, well see, so that's a fir- better finish than it looks. I think. My first fault, right? And I was explaining this to my daughter. I said, do you know what? That finish is actually very, very clever. I said, because yeah, if he did pass exactly. that along the floor, the defender would have cleared it. Yeah, but exactly. He's actually put a bit of loft on that. Now, yeah. I, I haven't watched it back, but I heard the commentator say, or sort of insinuate that the way the ball came to him, it, it naturally created that bit of loft. Like he almost bounced it into the ground. So he was suggesting it was more luck than judgment to get the loft. Now, I, I don't know. I've not seen it back. I mean, if it was luck, then we all deserve luck. And the best players in the world deserve some luck sometimes. You know what I mean? But mm. if it wasn't luck, then it was absolutely sublime. Brilliant finish. But no, I, I would have given it to Mickey, definitely. Mm. Because um, I don't know. I, I just think, I think he gets overlooked a lot. And I think, and it's understandable. A lot of times fans judge based on goal scored when you're looking at strikers but with Mickey he's so much more than that he's so important and you say it's a lack of composure in front of goal I think that's an argument for me and I mean it's with the greatest of respect I actually think with Mickey it's a lack of quality I think it's a lack of quality Mm -hmm. in in the final product I don't think he's unnerved I don't think he's nervous I don't think he's uncomfortable in front of goal I just I, I think he lacks quality in front of goal sometimes um but that's that's Mickey because you know you can say that but then you can say well from everything else that he brings to the game, every other strike in the Premier League doesn't have. So it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But one mm. thing that he definitely does is that if he doesn't benefit from his workload, the players around him do. And that's why he's so important to West Ham, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that workload was amazing. He's spinning those centre-backs constantly. And as you say, he created the goal for Gerard. I still think that was a good finish by Gerard, definitely. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. I, I really do. Uh, I think, it, like I said, I, I think a, a less composed player would have just missed that because the defender would have intercepted it so it was yeah it was a really good a really good performance by Antonio and he did the same against the Seville centre-backs as well the defenders find them so find him so hard to mark and I can't remember who it was that said it to us someone said it to us recently either an extra time guest or you know Jimmy or Martin Allen or someone but they they said when they want when they judge a forward they don't always judge him like you said on the amount of goals scored and stuff 
they judge him whether the defender will, I think it was Martin Allen that said this actually, the defender, whether the defender is going to not want to play against Antonio. And if you are a centre-back and you're looking at him, you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a tough game because he's physically strong. He holds the ball up really well. He's powerful. He's got pace. He's tricky. He never quite knows what he's doing, which makes him almost unpredictable and therefore yeah. harder yeah. to mark. And I think, I think he was just, um, I think he's just a very raw talent that is just which is very effective for us I mean like we said I mean if if he had the composure of a you know a top class forward and he could actually take his chances better I mean he, he would be borderline world class you know in terms of the yeah, physical yeah. Um, attributes he's got he is you know he just hasn't got the composure sometimes I mean uh, like I think we said it before if you could combine combine you know Yarmolenko's actual technique um, as a footballer with Antonio's physique you would have one hell of a player unfortunately what the other has the other one lacks um, with those two um, but yeah I think I think he did really really well today a really good shift from him and you know yeah, it's another game he hasn't scored but we've won the game at the end of the day you don't care who scores your goals you know if Vapianski came up and scored a goal I'd be just as happy as Antonio as long as West Ham win you know and we won so you can excuse the striker not scoring if the team win the problem is is when the striker gets all the chances no one else gets any chances and his striker doesn't take it but thankfully we don't have that problem this season well I think you're bang on there I mean especially at this point of the season especially at this point in the season but throughout the season I don't care you know if we if we don't play well but get the win I don't care we've got the win football is all about winning it's all about points and again to stress especially at this stage of the season there's fucking seven games left you know, it wasn't. We wasn't at our best today. We wasn't, but we certainly wasn't at our worst. And fuck me, in a day, you know, we've got the win. We have got three points. We have got two goals, and it's uh, everyone's happy, aren't they? That's the bottom line. Everyone's happy for sure. Hundred percent. I mean, I don't, not to make this the Everton show because obviously we're a West Ham show. But while we were talking there, I loaded up their fixtures, and you know they've got Burnley. Um, away this game, Wednesday, man. massive game, and then they've got Manchester United um, at home. Then they've got Crystal Palace at home, which is a postponed game. They've got Leicester, then they've got Liverpool away, then they've got Chelsea at home, then they've got Leicester away again. Wow, they play Leicester twice in the shortest amount of time. Then they've got Brentford at home, and then Arsenal away. So there's all those games in there. You know, even if you take Brentford, who obviously battered Chelsea at the weekend and Burnley's the only game there that you would possibly say they should win but you can't say that about a relegation um competitor no. so they've they've got a tough ask ahead so yeah but and, and to go back to West Ham like I said this is the I spoke to two lads outside the the ground as I was on my way out sorry if I was a bit rushed but I was meeting a, a mate but I did speak to them briefly and um we were saying that this is not like the old West Ham. The old West Ham wouldn't have won that game today. We would have had all those chances, not taken them, and then Everton would have scored in the last minute to draw it. And we'd all come yeah. out deflated. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the, this West Ham team now has a lot more resilience to it, has a lot more kind of professionalism in the sense that it can grind out a result. And those successful teams that, you know, over the decades that 
that you and I have watched football, they've always been able to do that. When they're not playing that well, grind the result out. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I don't think we played badly. I wouldn't say it was the worst performance we've put in and won a game, but I wouldn't say it was the best. But we got the result, and the result was pretty comfortable. You know, there's always a few minutes when it's like, you know, goals difference at the end, you think, are oh, we going to hold on here? But on the whole, the balance of the play, we were we were in control, and, you know, we, we were the better team. We deserved the three points. As I said, today, with the Leon game, in mind on Thursday, all I really wanted out of today was three points and no injuries. And as far as I know, we've got the three points and I don't think we've got any injuries. So it's spot on what I wanted. Mm, absolutely. Do you think the dream of a top four finish is still alive? Yeah, I do. Sadly, Tottenham and Arsenal are hitting a, a, a big no, bit of no. form at the moment, annoyingly, um, which is probably going to be an issue for us but um it's still alive mate i mean you know you look you look at the lead table i mean i haven't looked at it since um i've been back but i can quickly load it on my on my phone now and um you know we're sitting sixth um and you know okay arsenal have got a lot of games in hand on us but um you know we're sitting sixth and we're only um we're only uh three points off fourth you know, and that's Tottenham, and you know Tottenham have got a game in hand us as well. Sadly, I think it will be one of those two, and I think we're going to struggle to keep up with them mainly because they've got the games in hand. But the race is still on, definitely. All it takes is a couple of dodgy results. You know what Tottenham and Arsenal fans are like; they're so fickle. So if they just have one bad result, then the fans will start to get on their back. So you never know. I mean, I think if we, I think if we can finish sixth that I would take that at this point. But yeah, the race for fourth is, is still on, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you look at Man United, and talking to Man United, um, there's a YouTuber. I don't think we saw the video on Twitter that was doing the rounds. What's his name? Mark Goldbridge? Oh, yeah. Goldbridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm who not, you mean. I'm not sure, but um, I, I think, you know, from my attempt at his name, people know who I'm talking about if you do know him. And he posted something, right? It's, it's fucking really got my back up, this. He posted something about how Man United are going to bid £80 million for Declan Rice and we're going to accept it because we need the money, we can't keep him and Declan's the type of player they need, it's exciting. And I'm watching this thinking, you fucking helmet. Like, what is it with Man United fans? The unjustifiable arrogance is painful. Like, why would Deck go there? And that, you look at Man United, they have a squad full of prima donnas, no stable, established manager, no guarantee of Champions League football. Their fan base is fucking pony. There's no way he's going there. If he's going anywhere, and I mean if he's going anywhere, it's going to be Chelsea, City or Liverpool or a big club overseas. Man United ain't the Man United of the 90s, which makes me laugh. And, and for those reasons... There's every chance that they could fall out the top four. Um, well, I mean, they're out of the top four now, but in terms of a, an actual end of season finish, there's there's no guarantees they'll be there. Tottenham could go Spursy, as they often mm. do. They, they could lose their bottle. There's every chance that could happen. And Arsenal might drop points as well. So, it, look, do I realistically believe we'll finish in top four? If I'm honest, no, I don't. But it's definitely possible. And again, X, as we often do on this show, you've got to go back to putting it into perspective, especially with the amount of games we've played with the squad we've got. Fuck me, to be talking about Champions League as a possibility with seven games left, Ain't been a bad old season, is it? Oh, no, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, mate, when has West Ham, as I've said before, consistently finished in the... When have West Ham finished 
the like well let's just say we finished sixth where we are now yeah and we finished we finished their last season as well two sixth place finishes in a row is stuff unheard of for West Ham fans yeah. you know, I think you know we finished fifth under Harry Redknapp once finished what seventh was it under Rhoda maybe you know um, and obviously third under Lyle but the next season they were lower much lower down in the league so to finish sixth possibly two years in a row and at a minimum have a, a league cup quarterfinal uh fa cup we didn't get the quarterfinals did we but we had a, a decent little run and then a europa league minimum quarterfinal you know that's a great season again and at the end of the day the key thing is building upon it because this year we had the players to carry on to next year obviously we still had noble deck and there was no talk of him going you know all these players like cresswell antonio um, Fabianski, Dawson, they were all a year younger, you know, they're getting a year older. This summer, we need to sign, and I'm not even think I'm exaggerating here, we need to sign near on 10 players. I would well, that's say, what I said last week's show. It, yeah. sounded, it sounded ridiculous when I said it, mm. but when you look at the players we need now to bolster the squad, plus the players that are leaving in the summer, it does mm. equate to about 10 players. Exactly, and we have to get that right because the, the problem would be is if we either don't sign that many or we don't sign any 10 that have a, have the same quality as those that are, are leaving, and then we'll be in a situation where we get, we're on the decline again. And that's so this season, this summer, is arguably the toughest summer that Moyes is ever going to have had at West Ham and probably in his career because he has to, in order to not regress, we have to be... Um, challenging for the top six top eight at least again next year and in order to do that he's got to bring 10 players and for someone that's quite hesitant on his signings and not always you know not prepared to take gambles often as such we're gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do that because you can't sign 10 not with west ham's budget you can't sign 10 established premier league players mm. he's gonna have to take gambles here and there um, so the recruitment rob newman and co are going to have to earn their money this this summer, hundred uh, percent. Mm. Massive, massive night on Thursday. How do you feel about it? Uh, excited. Uh, the last game against Seville um, was amazing. Obviously, it's not quite as going to be quite as um, exciting because it's not be all and end all because it's the the first leg but again you know it's a massive game in theory we should beat them i don't know what their score was this weekend i don't know if they, even if they played i'm going to look it up as we're talking but um it's a it's a massive game mate i mean when, when have west ham you know certainly not in our lifetimes they haven't west ham have never been this far in a european competition so so we've got to go out there and just try to create the atmosphere that we created against um, Leon because I'll be honest today the atmosphere was disappointing I think it was flat mm, there was mm. no real atmosphere at the game today and I think it affects the players I really do so we've got to go out there we've got to make sure that we have the same atmosphere as we did um, against Seville and I've just checked Leon won 3-2 um, against Angers they were at home and and Moussa Dembele who is definitely their danger man scored two goals um but they were playing a team called Angers, and I'm just going to look at the league table because and Angers are okay, not too bad. They're 14th, but um, yeah, Leon, Leon are ninth in the league, um, and 
you know, they could get they could get out to second spot with a good run, but they're, they're definitely not going to win the league. Paris Saint-Germain are miles ahead. Um, so, in theory, I think I think we should be able to beat them, but we've got to not be complacent. We've got to go and take that game as we took the Seville game with that intensity, that atmosphere, that passion, that drive, and just see this as, like, these players, those 11 that step out onto the pitch, they're playing one of the most important games and certainly the highest ranking of games in terms of, you know, what we're doing. In, like, we're in the quarterfinals of Europe in West Ham's, like, certainly um, current, you know, current era, really. And so they've got to make sure they take that opportunity and apply themselves like they did against Seville. And then hopefully we can be at least one. I would like two, two goals ahead going into the away leg at Lyon. Uh, mate, I think you're absolutely right. It's all about mindset. It's mm. all about mindset. We have to go full strength and turn up in both legs, be at our absolute best. And if we are, you've got to fancy us because I think we're, mm. I think we're second favourites to win the competition now with the bookies. Yeah, I, I think we are, and and you know that's for a, a good reason. You know we're a good side. When we turn up on our day, we can beat anyone in the world because we play in the best league in the world and we've beaten some of the best teams in that league this season. So mm. we can do it. But fuck me, we've just we've got to be on it in every single aspect. And I'm sure Moisey will make that happen. But I was saying to a patron today. Wow, if if we can get past Leon, and this is the thing, and it, you, we've got to get past Leon, we can't look past them, but we've got to get past them. But if we do, the prospect X, if they get past Frankfurt of playing Barcelona mm. in the semi-final, you've mm. got to pinch yourself as a West Ham fan. You imagine mm. going to the fucking new camp yeah. to play Barcelona in the semi-final of a European competition. Mm. Where, where's that time gone from the, the coin throwers at the Burnley protest? Mm. It's, it's, fucking, it's, it's phenomenal when you think about it, isn't it? You've you, you got you to gotta put it down to David Moyes. You really yeah, have to. Yeah. I think David Moyes, coupled with the emergence of Declan Rice um, and a few other factors along the way, um, have, have enabled that to happen. But for me, they're, they're the, two, the two key differentials now from then and now. You know, David Moyes has transformed the team to a team of players that want to play for this um, this great club that want to work for West Ham that want to be um, successful that buy into what he says and does a backroom staff that does the same um, and then and then you've got the emergence of a world class and that's no exaggeration now people used to laugh at me when I said that but still then the case now as it was then a world class central midfielder that's captaining your side you know you, and then if you couple that with Zuma who I think is borderline world class I think if he hadn't had the, the cat incident people would be saying what a phenomenal season he's had this season um, and you, you think he has spine there of those two alone you know then I think I think you think to yourself wow we are in a much better place as I said the summer is so important because it could go either way without the right recruitment but for the way like you said the 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 the, the progress in such a short space of time is is phenomenal really and and David Moyes is you know, I don't know how long he's going to stay at West Ham, obviously, but if he's here and achieving these things for, for consistently for the next three, four, five, hopefully more years, then the guy's going to be up there with one of our greatest ever managers. It has mm, to be said. Mm, mm, oh, mate. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Okay, now on to something quite serious. And it's not going to be easy for me to talk about this because it does involve a very dear friend of mine. CNX Smile 
for the past 30 weeks when he looks at the Premier League predictions. <laughs> right, when it's my section. <laughs> X is the man in the know, his opinion. Right, this week in the road roundup, we've got... Uh... <laughs> I was waiting for this moment knowing it was... Well, well listen, you've got to understand, mate. You know, you've got to look at it from my perspective. This ain't easy for me to say. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure it, this, it isn't. This is hard for me. This is um, about as hard as it is. Like, you, you know, you winning that lucky roulette number in Las Vegas and accepting the money you completely fluked. But listen, it has been. Uh, for the past 30 weeks to see that smile on your face at the predictions Premier League table has been a joy because you deserve it. And I've won it for the past two years. So for your sake and the sake of healthy competition, I've wanted you to do well. However, <laughs> I am doing well. I'm like 25th in the game or something. You wanker. It's just that you've decided to like have the most ridiculous season. I mean, who correctly predicts four results in one bloody weekend? It's uh, a player. A, a player does that. A proper fucking, player. A fucking don't, don't hate the player. Does. I hate the game. You know I hate I mean? the jamming. Yes, I know my shit. I know my shit. Um, but listen, for the first time this season, after a storming week of predictions from myself, I've actually now overtaken X, and he is absolutely fucking devastated. I mean, I think he's seen it coming because he has been drinking more. Um, <laughs> he seems to have developed a bit of a drug problem, is that fair to say? <laughs> I have also seen signs of self-harm. I'm going to be honest, mate. You know, whether I should talk about it publicly, I don't know, but I've noticed it. But the reality is, I am now 23rd with 3,137 points, and X is 37th with 3,076 points. Does it, so include, now it, does it include the 20 points from um, Aaron Cresswell's yellow card? Well, possibly, possibly. No, it doesn't. I've already checked it out. Is that right? Believe me, every point is crucial. No, so you, I know you're it a, doesn't. You, you are right. You are right. So let's say it's 41 points, right, which is the gap. But that is 41 points in my favour now, which is for the first time this season. It's been incredible. I mean, what a fucking comeback. And X, listen... I know this is very hard for you to talk about, but can I ask you how you feel? I'm absolutely honoured and delighted that you've done um, this and overtaken me because at the end of the day, you know, (laughs) you deserve it, mate. You deserve it. You've done nothing but compete fairly. You deserve it with your superior wisdom. (laughs) <laughs> mate thank you very much that's, uh, that's very, very I've stunned you now haven't I I thought I'd say something you didn't expect to throw you <laughs> you did time. you did throw me off I wasn't expecting that <laughs> exactly um, no, I, but... I'll just I'll just say that you know it's it, 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 I don't really know what more I can do you I can't mean, you uh, can't knock my predictions no uh, no, like recently. no they've been shit on no to be fair yeah to be fair if I'm going to show an element of sportsman this you know i have to take my hat off and salute the fact that you know we said it when we saw each other earlier if you'd actually put a bet on predicting the 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 correct scores this weekend and if you'd called what is it four that you've got exactly right i think um if you'd actually and you changed the everton one last minute as well i did i I, I fucking predicted it as 2-1 and last night i thought no i can't see him breaking this down so i'm gonna go with two nil that's why i thought it was i thought you had 2-1 because on um obviously we do the 
our predictions for the patrons. So yeah. I, I yeah. had two nil and you had two one, and then when it went two one, obviously I was buzzing that West Ham won. But in my head, I'm thinking, my God, that's even more points. And then when you text mm. me and said that you changed it, I was like, oh, that's a relief. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, like four four <clears throat> four correct predictions in a weekend is is pretty impressive to be fair, mate. So there's not more I can say at the moment. I'm losing to the better man. There are still eight weeks to go or seven weeks to go something like that um so anything can change you are effectively one correct score ahead of me right now so anything can change um i hope for my sake they do Uh, probably (laughs) probably for the listener i reckon they're gonna want you to win just for comedy value so so i'm I'm really up against uh, the 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 general consensus here but um hopefully you know i mean i'm ahead of you in fantasy football again this year so that's uh, that's all good you got grand total zero points this year so so i'll take that you can have that but mate do you know what all jokes aside Fucking it is getting tasty between us in the running. I mean, seven I, games left. You are right. It's it's one it's one correct score away from everything well, changing. Well, so to put it into context, I, I've mentioned it before, but that Leeds Norwich game, I had one all. You had two one Leeds, yeah. and um, Leeds scored in the ninety fifth minute with the last kick of the game. That takes me having fifty points or whatever it had been for a correct score, and you having zero to you having fifty points of a correct score, and me having zero. So it's a swing of a, a hundred points on one result there on one goal. So you know that's how basically close it is. Mm, it is. It is. It's good competition. This it really is. It is. It's, uh, it is. I mean, as much as. As much as I hate losing, um, yeah. and I think it's fair <laughs> to say, in terms of what this game does do to your football supporting, it does make every game that little bit more interesting because you've got like some every game is significant now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, it's that time again. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash the West Ham Way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham Way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham Way podcast Extra Time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbours are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.